Welcome to the Marquette County Football Kickoff Show. Presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union, your home mortgage professionals. Only on ESPN-UP. Here's Blake Froehling. Football is back. Some of the best words in the English language right there. We're so excited to bring you another season of Marquette County High School football. Hope you're excited for it, too. We've got five coaches on the way from Westwood, Ishpeming, Nagani, Gwynn, and Marquette. We'll hear from all of those teams. Give you a little preview of what you can expect to see this season. Also, some changes to high school football in the UP in general with the conference changes. Each coach will weigh in on that. Some like it, some didn't. We'll get all of those viewpoints. We've got a lot to get to. Let's get right into it first with that conference change. It could be confusing. It was confusing at the beginning. I'm going to lay it out for you. The Westpac and the Midpen Conference merged. So here are the teams. 16 teams, two divisions, divided by enrollment. So there will be a big division and a little division. In the big division, we have Hancock, Gogebic, Nagani, Houghton, Calumet, Westwood, Lance, and Iron Mountain. In the Little Conference, it's Manistique, Gwynn, Ishpeming, West Iron County, Norway, Munising, Bark River Harris, and Lakeland and Hubble. The teams will play everybody in their division and play a couple crossover games to fill out the schedule. So it's an all-Westpac schedule for all of these teams. The idea being they didn't want to go looking for games. Some schools only had seven or eight games on their schedule for this season before the conference merger happened. So that's how it all came together. The only problem is you lose some of the rivalries. Uh, for example, Westwood and Gwynn don't play each other. A lot of the mid-pen schools don't play one another, so you lose some of those rivalries. Marquette Nagani, one of the oldest football rivalries in the entire state, is done for now. It's not permanent, and some of the ADs have said maybe in the near future they could switch it up where you have an out-of-conference game. But for right now, all Westpac games. So that's where we're at with the Westpac teams. Marquette not in the Westpac. They are in the Great Northern Conference. Gladstone moves from the Midpen to the GNC. So they are back up to five teams with Sault Ste. Marie leaving. So a lot of shuffling going on in UP football. Hope we caught you up with all of that. All right, now let's dive into the individual teams. First up is Westwood. They finished last season with an 8-1 and record in the regular season, won a playoff game, lost in the second round. That was their first playoff win since 2009, best record in program history. So it was definitely a banner year for the Patriots. They bring... A lot of talent back. Quarterback slash safety Nathan Beckman is back. Sam Gillis was an all-conference honoree at the defensive and offensive lines. He is back as well as fullback Ashton Bergman. Taylor Delangelo, the other halfback, kind of a scat back. He is with the team. Jacob Adriano, wide receiver and cornerback, is with them as well as Blake Hewitt. So they return a lot of their talent from last year. They do lose Ethan Holmlow, who is an all-state linebacker. Ethan Burke, speedy wide receiver and corner. David O'Leary and Tabin Filizetti. Another, uh, all four of those were UP All-Stars. So they lose some talent, but keep the majority of it with them. Scott Sergula is back for another season at the helm of Westwood. He and I sat down. You can hear and see all of these interviews. We did videos of these as well on our Facebook and Twitter pages later on. They'll be on our website, ESPNUP.com as well. So let's get right into it. Here is Westwood football coach Scott Sergula. One of the best seasons, the best season in program history for quite some time. Got a playoff win last year. It seemed that every time we talked, you talked about building a program. What's the next step for you guys in that building process? Uh, just to continue what we have been doing um, the last couple of years. I think, um, you know, getting into the weight room, uh, continuing to try to be good people and do the right thing, uh, practicing hard, uh, volunteering in our community, things like that. You know, the things that we value in our program. Uh, that that's what we want to try to be able to do. So right, we got a great group of seniors that, that have great leadership skills and, um, you know, they're great kids. And uh, our juniors are falling right in line too. 
and uh, you know they're, 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 it's a good group that we have coming up too. So they gel well together. Um, you know, so so far it's it's been a been a good preseason. How different is going to be kind of having the target on your back, not being able to take anybody by surprise this year? Sure, you know, uh, you know, I think any time that that happens, you know, you have to tell the kids that, you know what I mean? That we know that we could have actually a solid, great season and not even, you know, and go six and three or something like that, you know, not have quite as a good record. Our schedule is, is brutal. I mean, you know, every team on it, top to bottom, you and I were talking before this and um, it's tough. It's a tough schedule, but uh, I'll tell you what, it was the right thing to do going into the Westpac. Uh, uh, joining forces with them just because we're not looking for games every single year or driving to Wisconsin or downstate uh, looking for those games. We've got a solid nine games, the tough nine game schedule, um, you know, um, but that we just have to be able to prepare. You know, we know now that, okay, yeah, teams are looking at us. You know, you got your quarterback and, you know, you have your tailback back and some of your line back and things like that. Um, you know, but I'll say this too, we got some big holes that we have to fill and, uh, that's that's why you practice. It, you know who, who's going to step up and fill those roles. Well, you lose a couple All Stars that you had in the UP football All Star game this year. Ethan Homelin was one of the big standouts, an All State honoree with with such a big hole on defense that he leaves. How are you guys going to try to address that? Well, we're trying to take a look at a few different kids. You know, we I think we've had as many as four different kids play an inside linebacker spot so far this preseason. Uh, you know, and I'll be honest, all four are doing great. Um, you know, but there's things you know. Football's played with pads, you know, and today we, we were able to get the shoulder pads on and the helmet, and we were able to see a few more things. Um, that's kind of also been our message in the preseason. You know, we have 20 kids on our roster, not, not a lot of kids, uh, but last year we didn't either, and we had to have those kids maybe play some bigger roles and uh, multiple roles, and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's what our kids are doing. That's what they're used to, and uh, we're coaching them up and doing the best that we can as a coaching staff. And the kids are—they're great. They're doing a good job too. So our our defense may look a little bit different. You know, yeah, we got some big shoes that we have to fill. Um, you know, but so far, uh, the kids that we've tried out in those positions—you um, know—they're competing and uh, they're battling. On the opposite side of the ball, you have Nathan Beckman coming back as a senior this year. What steps does he need to make, and what have you? What steps have you seen him make that make you think that he can? elevate to being an elite quarterback in the UP? Well, first of all, Nathan's a great kid. Um, you know, he comes from a, a, a good class uh, of kids, one of the best classes that I've, that I've ever been around. And uh, he's going to be our valedictorian. He's a 4.0 kid, um, so he's smart. And uh, he sees things. Um, that, and that's kind of the normal progression. He's seeing things now. At the end of last year, he was, and he's seeing things now so far in this preseason that uh, he hasn't seen in the past. And um, he's a little bit more vocal, a little bit more vocal this year. He was a little bit more vocal in the offseason, in the weight room, and uh, taking not just the leadership role by example, but a leadership role uh, in its entirety. And, uh, you know, from a talking to the kids standpoint, to uh, this is how you do things standpoint. So that's been kind of the progression with him. And uh, so far, he's stepped up to the challenge. He's doing a great job. Who are another couple of players that you have been relying on to be your kind of your coaches on the field? Sure. You know, you got to point to Sam Gillis, all UP kid last year as a junior. He's uh, Sam Gillis is one of, one, of, one of the best kids I've ever coached. He's a great kid. Uh, Blake Hewitt's another one. Um, Blake Hewitt, he's, he's really, really, you can tell he's a coach's kid. Uh, he's real smart, um, you know, helps, helps our, our, our younger kids out with the line calls and different things like that. And, um, you know, he's really worked hard this offseason too. He's uh, gotten a lot stronger and put on some size. And, uh, you know, so he, he's really smart. He's doing great. And Hayden Mann, a kid that uh, uh, we weren't able to see last year. He got hurt in the Gladstone game. Um, you know, and uh, we're looking for big things out of him. He's a great kid. He's worked hard in the offseason, too. And, uh, so you know, so he'll be back, and he stepped into the roles that, you know, we expected him to step in, and he, he's doing a good job. And, of course, we have Ashton Bergman, too. Uh, he's, he's come back, and, um, you know, Ashton's very smart. He gets our defensive calls and uh, things like that, so it gets our kids in the right spots. And 
he's, he's a smart defensive football player. How deep is your running game going to be this year with Bergman, Taylor Delangelo back, and Beckman, who led the MPC in rushing yards in total? How much of a luxury is that for you? Sure. You know, we also have uh, Adam Heitman, uh, you know, who came in and, and rushed for some good, good yards last year. And we had a junior uh, in Evan Ray. And uh, all those kids are great kids. And uh, they've worked hard in the offseason. Um, our speed is really good with those kids. Uh, it's not not blazing lights out speed, um, but it's it's faster than it was because they've worked at it. And that's all you can ask a kid to do. So, um, you know, but I, I don't know. I don't want to say how deep because you got to have a line in front of them. And, uh, you know, I, if I would say that's where we're probably, you know, a little bit shallow in depth wise. Um, yeah, that's that's probably where it is. But uh, Coach Wilgenin, uh, I think he's doing a great job. We actually have, I don't want to say converted, but we've had some kids that normally haven't played, you know, the interior line before uh, are now playing the interior line. And they're doing a good job at it. it uh, you know, by no means are we going to step on the field and um, intimidate anybody by our size. Um, you know, but uh, I, I'm used to that. That's We really haven't been big, you know, since I've been here. And uh, it's few and far between where we have a lot of big kids, um, you know, but we have good kids that have put a lot of time in the weight room and uh, that are going to give us a good effort. Have you and your team talked about expectations at all for this season? No, we really haven't. You know, it's uh, the thing, the challenge that I put forth to them is what are you going to settle for? What's your point that you're just okay with? Uh, what is it? And is it just a pretty good practice? You know, is it um, executing the play okay? Is it executing the play good? You know, or you almost got there to, the, to stop the play? You know, and uh, we, we want to try to hold that bar high. And so the expectations, I think, has to start with doing our absolute best that we can in everything that we do. Um, I got a little bit upset today in practice just because you know we didn't break the huddle and our guys weren't running to their spots i don't expect them to sprint um you know but we should hustle we should hustle to the spot and uh made them go back break the huddle again still wasn't quite as clean as fast as it should have been i had them do it a third time we got it right but he explained it to the to them that you know that that's we're getting ready to execute a play you know let, let's not be unsure of ourselves if there's a question let's ask that's why we practice let's get to the line let's get ready and snap off the ball and execute the play and we that's that's why we look at things and um you know if we can keep things simple like that you know just doing the best that we can um th those really are the expectations i i always said that if you do those things and you put the time in the off season um i think the wins you know, you always hope, you know, you're always going to have injuries and things like that. But if you do those things and stay healthy, um, win or lose, it's a successful season because you're doing the absolute best that you can. And uh, but usually what happens is uh, the wins take care of themselves. Well, coach, appreciate the time. Good yeah. luck this season. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Up next will be Jeff Olson, head coach for the Ishwaming Hematites. We'll be back with more of the Marquette County Football Kickoff Show presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union, your home mortgage professionals, right after this on ESPN-UP. Welcome back to the Marquette County Football Kickoff Show presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union, your home mortgage professionals. Once again, here's Blake Froling. In our last segment, we gave you a preview of the Westwood Patriots. Now it's time to move to the Ishwaming Hematites. We'll talk with head coach Jeff Olson in just a moment. They were three and six last year, three and four, but with two forfeits towards the end of the season. There was a tragedy at the school, and they were decimated by injuries. By the end of the year, they didn't have enough healthy players to play the final game. So those were the two forfeits. They get most of those players who were hurt back for this year. Hunter Smith, first-team running back, is back, as well as the Sunbergs, Gavin and Drake. 
Gavin will be the quarterback taken over. Drake has, will have a big impact on both sides of the ball. Tom Lefebvre was a de- defensive end, honorable mention in the conference last year, along with a, a lot of other players who didn't see much time due to injury. They do lose Donald D'Onofrey, who, again, another one of those hurt players. Aaron Corcoran is gone. Eric Heidelberger was a first-team offensive tackle. He has graduated. So it'll be many of the same faces for Ishmaming, but fingers crossed, just a little bit healthier. Jeff Olson has been in coaching for 37 years now. This will be his 27th at Ishwaming, and he said last year was one of the strangest he's ever seen. Here's our chat. Jeff, I'm sure you couldn't wait for the new season to start after everything that happened last year, decimated by injuries and tragedy at the school. Can you kind of, have you been able to look back at it and, and think about what your team went through and maybe how you guys have grown after that? Well, yeah, I mean, that was, that year, yeah, last year was something I've never, you know, I've never experienced here. I've never seen it anywhere else, losing, you know, down 11 kids, down to 11 kids. We, after taking up six sophomores, you know, we, that was a total of 22 kids, and we ended up losing 11, you know, and not just injuries, major injuries, um, and then, of course, you had the tragic death, and, you know, so there was a lot of things that came into play last year that don't usually happen. But you know what? Those are life lessons, and that's why we have athletics in, in schools is, is to learn life lessons, to learn that, you know, there's going to be adversity in your life. It's unavoidable, um, you know, and you've got to have different tools. So I hate saying last year was a great learning experience. It was life lessons for the kids, but it was. And, it, you know, it's something that's hard to go through, and we put that behind us now. Um, and now this is a brand new year. Every, you know, we're excited to get back on the field. The kids are excited. So, you know, we're looking for we're looking for a, you know a good positive season this year. Mm-hmm. And you also struggle with numbers even just to begin this season. Last year, this year your numbers are up. Why do you think that is? How could you assess the the state of Ishmael football? I think it's just things go in cycles. I mean, even with all the success we had, we you know over the years we still had low numbers. It's just kind of the way the way things are. It's our society. To, these days that you know a lot of kids aren't going out for sports they're not doing extracurricular activities they got about a lot of other things so you know things go in cycles sometimes you're going to have those years where you're down this year happens to be one of those years where a lot of kids wanted to play we're at 28 kids you know we haven't had that for a long time so that's that's good to have you know it makes practices a lot a lot easier a lot better um, you're not you're not doing damage control and trying to piecemeal things together. So um, you know that part's good, and that part you know makes it even more exciting to get back on the field. We're talking with Jeff Olson from Ishmaing Football here on the preview show. Last year, you told me at the beginning of last year that you were doing something you'd never done before: two quarterbacks sharing time. It ended up working out because you had the injuries. Now you just have one of them coming back in Gavin Sunberg. What do you expect from him making that jump this year? Well, being a leader, um, you know, he was he was a junior last year. He was just getting his feet wet doing it. Um, you know, and the other quarterback we had was a, a makeshift running back that we had to, to to make into a quarterback. So we really feel we have a true quarterback this year that um, knows our offense, um, is versatile, can run, can throw. So, you know, we're excited to, to have him leading our team. Does that allow you to maybe open up the playbook a little bit more, or are we just going to see more of the traditional Ishmaming running the football? Yeah, I don't know what you got talk opening up the playbook <laughs> for us, but, yeah, we, we feel that he can throw, he, we can run, so we can do more things. And you can do that when you have an experienced quarterback coming back. So it makes it better for the kids because you can do more things, more you know, different formations, different, different plays, and, it, and it's more fun for the coaches too because we can really add on to things that are in our playbook but you never know we may just go back to being our normal our normal self and just running the footballs in between the tackles so you know it's really based on on um, the teams we play on our personnel and how things go so you uh, I'm sure Hunter Smith would not mind if you just ran the ball every single time first team running back tell us a little bit about what you're expecting from him this year well we're expecting you know he's a he's a good athlete and he um, he's fast he's shifty but we have we we feel we have some good running backs. You know, we have up to five running backs that we're confident that we can put in the game. And you have a Matt Trawick who who only played a game and a half last year, who's who's a very good football player. He runs fast. He's um, you know, he, he's shifty too. But um, then you have a Drake Sundberg who was doing phenomenal for us, um, a power runner. 
He's got speed. He can make cuts, but he likes to run people over. He likes to uh, try to gain those extra two yards, where's the, where the defense down. You know, I coached his dad in 1996 and 97. He's a spitting image of him. You know, he can run the ball. Gavin Sundberg, our quarterback, can run the ball. He's small but fast and shifty. And you have a Zach Jandro, who's a big kid that can that that's got some ability too. So we feel we have five kids that we're you know we feel very confident can run the football. Are there any new names that Ishmael? fans will be having to learn this year that you might expect to emerge? Um, no, the ones that I mentioned, you know, and they're going to be, you know, catching passes. The new the new names will be kids that we had last year but got injured early, mm-hmm. like a Matt Trawick, like a um, Brayden Arsenal, and, you know, Drake Sundberg only played, you know, half a season too. So, you know, those guys' names you'll hear a lot more because they're, you know, we're hoping they stay healthy. Who do you expect to be the leader of the defense this year? Um you know, you look at a Drake Sundberg in the middle. Um, you look at uh, Logan Krulik, uh, uh, um, uh, and Owen Morton and Tommy Lafave on our ends. And, you know, we hope our defensive backfield, returning kids from last year, returning goods at athletes, Hunter Smith, Gavin Sundberg, and um, Matt Trawick, but they were hurt last year. So they're returning. They got good ability. They're kind of experienced, but, uh, you know, I expect those guys to lead our defense. Does it almost seem like in college where players take a red shirt year? Does it almost seem like that for some of these well, kids? Well, it does. It does. And because you, because those kids I mentioned got hurt early. And Gavin played two and a half games. Matt Trawick played one and a half games. Like I said, um, Drake Sundberg played four and a half. I mean, that's that's not much playing time when you look at saying they're returning, they're experienced. You know, they didn't get a whole lot of game time, but they're good athletes, they're good football players, and uh, we expect a lot of them this year. Ishmael head coach Jeff Olson is with us here. What has the offseason been like for your team? Have you changed any of the workout routines because of the injuries? What, what was it like? No, they just, they, they're, they're doing what they normally do, and we had a good offseason. Not just the training part, you know, the lifting and, and working hard and committing themselves. Our, our kids did a lot of community service this summer, and um, we t- put up and took down all the tents at the at the the food fest and the Fourth of July. We did the same thing here in Ishmael for um, for um, um, the Italian fest, and then eleven of our kids volunteered with some other athletes from Ishmael High School and went to the Houghton for the relief project there and worked a day um, helping people with their houses and, and their yards there. So our kids did exactly what we wanted them to. They they not only concentrated on football, but they did some community service and gave back. Mm-hmm. Now looking ahead to this season, new conference, basically the, the UP is kind of different with football this year. You're going to have a, a kind of a different schedule. What were your thoughts on the, the Westpac changes and how that's going to affect Ishwaming and, and kind of the other teams around the area? Well, I thought it was, it was great for UP football in general as a whole. And we're glad, you know, we, we had a proud mid-pen conference for years. We would love to have kept that, but unfortunately, the way the numbers are this year, these years, you know, things had to things had to change and things had to start combining because, you know, it's very hard for us over the years to get nine games. And then we had a situation this year where Iron Mountain, at the end of the year, after some teams dropped them, we're only going to have six games. They were looking for three new games. Westwood had only seven games. So for the for the Westpac to be willing to make a a big conference. Now everybody's assured of nine games, um, and I think it's great for UP football in general because everybody can go, I mean, fans can go see a game every weekend, whereas, you know, it would have been really hard finding games. You might have had to travel in Wisconsin. We've had to travel Wisconsin, lower Michigan, so it keeps everything centralized in the UP. How healthy is UP football? We see, you know, teams starting more and more thinking about the eight-man route. Mm-hmm. How healthy is it in terms of the numbers and what you think the future of it is? Well, I think, I think you know, like I said, things go in cycles. And we're right now, um, you know, not as many kids. It's not just football. It's all sports. Not as many kids are going out and, you know, for sports and committing themselves and learning about commitment and learning about discipline and resiliency and teamwork. And I'm hoping it's just a, it's just a, the bottom of a cycle where it'll pick up, where people will find the, the importance of not only football but other sports and what the life lessons that it can teach and you know how you're going to better yourself as a person so hopefully it'll it'll start getting to the point where um you know we have more participation where we don't have to have as many eight-man teams but um you know the 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 11-man teams 
you know, we hope the numbers increase and, and it gets to as competitive as it used to be. Before we let you go, Jeff, we have to ask about expectations. I'm pretty sure every coach is. After last year with who you're bringing back, how do you expect your team to fare in this new conference? And what kind of expectations do you put on the players? Well, you know, I, I know it's a cliche. You just want to get better every week. But you got to have goals. And you got to, you know, when your first goal is a winning season, second goal, you want to win the conference. You know, third goal, a deep run in the playoffs. And then, obviously, a state championship. So we talk about all those goals. And we never... We never not look at the ultimate goal that only one person, you know, one team in your division gets to attain. But, you know, you got, you got to think big. And you got to, if you're going to, if you want to win a state championship, you got to talk about it. And you got to prepare for it because it's not just giving your best all the time. You got to be great and you got to be the best team on the field. So that, you know, that's what we're striving for, to be the best team on the field every week, every game. And then with that, that's when the winning records come. That's when the conference championship comes and hopefully in the end a state championship. Well, Jeff, appreciate the time. Thank Thanks you. for joining me. Appreciate it. Two down, three to go here on the preview show. Coming up next, Dion Brown, the head man for Gwynn. We'll be back with more of the Marquette County Football Kickoff Show presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union, your home mortgage professionals, right after this on ESPN-UP. Welcome back to the Marquette County Football Kickoff Show, presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union, your home mortgage professionals. Once again, here's Blake Froling. Next up on our kickoff show is Gwyn. We'll get to our chat with Dion Brown in just a moment, but first a look back at last year. Gwyn was 3-6 and six overall. They dealt with low numbers and injuries the whole way through, it seemed like, including to star running back Marlon Moten. He was leading the conference in rushing, then got hurt, could not play the rest of the year. They had to shuffle around players, bring up JV players. Freshmen had to play in big spots. This year could be a little bit different, according to Dion. They've got 25 kids on the varsity right now. Those numbers are up from last year. They'll be doing some shuffling around with the personnel that you might have expected this year on offense and defense. They get back Tucker Taylor, one of the best athletes in the area for sure. First team tight end, first team outside linebacker, led the conference in receptions. Austin Forbes, the quarterback, is back this year. Might be playing a different position. We'll talk to Dion about some of the things he has up his sleeve. He also emphasized how much better the offseason was not as much off the field drama he was able and the team was able to just focus on football and that's a good thing so here is Gwyn Model Towners head coach Dion Brown you're kind of similar to Ishpeming in that you dealt with a lot of injuries last year and, and especially towards the end of the year we're struggling for numbers how are things looking going in this season uh really good you know last year we had great issues around this time kids uh messed up on a few assignments, uh, some legal issues. Uh, you know, parents just didn't want their kids to come out because of their grades during the winter and spring semester. But uh, everything is good now. So I'm excited, 25 kids on the varsity. So I think that's what the most I've had since I've been here at Gwen. And uh, I'm excited to get this season going. What do you think was the change to elevate your numbers this year? Uh, Kids pay more attention in the classroom. Okay, you know, getting that, getting that, uh, getting that all figured out. But uh, I think it's a winning culture. You know, guys want to win. They see, you know, guys lifting weights every day. You know, and they just want to be part of that. So there you go. Mm -hmm. So people watching Gwyn this year might see a little bit of a different look for the offense. Moving Austin Forbes to wide receiver, bringing in Danny Holmes as a wide receiver, Caleb Anderson at quarterback. Tell us a little about what we can expect. Well, yeah, Caleb Anderson will be the starting quarterback. So now they give us more options, you know, by putting Austin, who's a really good athlete. He was the quarterback last year, but now with Caleb being there, you know, you spread him out. Danny Holmes got everything, you know, his grades taken care of and you know of course we got Tucker Taylor and three really good running backs and the offensive line you know that's young but you know you still got Chapman there um you got um uh Mason Bachner you got Roy Hamilton uh center's gonna be a sophomore and my tackle gonna be a sophomore but you know those guys been working hard every day so I'm excited what kind of a quarterback is Anderson because we haven't really seen him much smart C very cerebral uh you know straight a student uh gets the offense down down to the T, 
um, knows knows everything. Knows the. I mean, it took him probably two days to get the offense. He's very very smart kid. No understands that he take control. He's a leader. He's a leader. Now defensively on that side of the ball, you lose one of your playmakers, Marlon Moten, who's also great running back. Graduated, right. had the injury last year. Who's going to have to step up the most to fill in for his role? Uh, Seth Aho. Seth is you know a really good, like I said, a really good line, uh, linebacker, and he's a really good running back. You know, but the more thing I want him to focus on this year more is just being a leader on the defensive defense side of the ball and taking it up to a whole another level. Uh, because on offense, we got three running backs. You know, we got Aaron Armadi, who's back. Uh, we got Taquan Stearns. We got Blaine Bridges. So I want him to focus more on that defensive side of the ball, getting the calls and getting guys lined up, you know, and making sure everybody get to the ball. That's our biggest thing is just how can we – uh, fly around, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. We're here with Deion Brown, Gwyn Modeltowner's head coach here on the preview show. Last year had to be a little frustrating because you were in a lot of games and the injuries piled up and you saw the talent you had. It just wasn't enough with all those injuries. What is going to be different this year? What are these players showing you early in practice to tell you that it's going to be different? Uh, numbers, numbers, numbers. That showed me right away that these guys are hungry. You know, they want to come out here. They, they, had a great off season. You know, a lot of teams have a great off season, but we work extremely hard here. And you know, these guys lift all year round, even doing basketball season, track. A lot of them do tennis, but they still in the weight room. Then the summertime, they there every day, and it shows. You know, we had 14 last year, and we come out here, we got 25. So guys are excited. You know, they they want to play football. Do they feel any pressure of trying to maybe? make up for last year try to to bring win back to prominence no no they don't you know and i tell them there ain't no pressure on us you know just go out there and have fun you win some you lose some you know and that's our biggest thing and we just want to get all our athletes in the space and just go from there you know we can't control what comes out you know win or loss so we just want to go out here and execute what we do and if we win we win we lose we lose and you know we go back and we fix it that's it one of the biggest changes to high school sports up here was the merger with the Westpac. Right. Mid-Penn is gone for football. How does that affect Gwynn? Oh, it, it doesn't, you know, because I felt like we was right there in that middle if we had the MPC because you always got that big three with, like, Ishpeming, uh Iron Mountain, Nagani, you know. So we don't play Nagani this year. We don't play Westwood, you know. We don't play Iron Mountain. So we're we're right there, you know. We're a big school in a, in a small, you know. We got what two seventy. So I think it doesn't affect us. If anything, it gives like I was saying, it gives parity to pretty much all the small schools and then all the big schools. But with our talent, you know, we'll see what we got. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about for the for the rest of the UP in terms of the health? of football is this move going to help would you have done something different how do you think that's going to change things i would have done this perfect because like i said it gives parity but it also gives everybody a nine game schedule so now like teams like bark river or ishmael they have their nine games bark river don't got to go searching in illinois and wisconsin to play teams uh you playing schools your size you know the travel might be a little bit different mm-hmm. but hey you know what if you give me a nine games I'll take that. Mm-hmm. So, Not worried uh, about losing any of those traditional rivalries? No, no, because, you know, I'm going to be real, man. Gwen ain't had no traditional <laughs> rivalry with nobody. So, you know, Gwen been kind of down. Uh, but, you know, I don't really care about the rivalries or anything like that. I just care about the kids having fun and, you know, just winning ball games and trying to get this program up, you know, to where it's been on a consistent basis, you know, like make the playoffs every single year, have the numbers instead of, you know, like two years ago we, we made the playoffs, then we had less numbers that following year, which is last year, then this year we got the numbers. So I just want to try to even it out, consistent numbers and consistent winning. Is playoffs the goal that you've been preaching the team yes, so far? Yes, yes, because it's senior-led, senior-led, and we got a lot of young guys that are coming up that's really good athletes as well, a lot of linemen. Uh, so that's the thing, and just try to keep them guys level-headed and get the grade, school first, and come out here and play football and play multiple sports, basketball, track, you know, do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. How, how much does that help an athlete when they when they diversify versus someone who just plays football? Yeah, it, uh, a lot because you're working on that agility. You work like basketball, you know, you, you still being in that team atmosphere and everything and understanding. You're still getting that coaching all year round. So I always tell my guys, you know, play basketball, you know, wrestle, do track and field. A lot of them do tennis. So, you know, just stay in – Working out, really, mm-hmm. staying in the sport. But my biggest thing with them guys, too, 
is getting their grades. That's huge on grades with these guys because these guys have a tendency to fall off sometimes. But grades is the most important thing. And once they get their grades, then they, they know it's smooth sailing from there. Mm-hmm. Well, Dion, appreciate the time. Yep, Thanks no for joining me. Hey, no problem. Our final two coaches, Dave LaHillier from Marquette and Paul Jacobson from Nagani, are coming up right after this. We'll be back with more of the Marquette County Football Kickoff Show presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union, your home mortgage professionals, right after this on ESPN-UP. Welcome back to the Marquette County Football Kickoff Show presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union, your home mortgage professionals. Once again, here's Blake Froling. Three down, two to go here on our kickoff show. Next is Dave LaHillier from Marquette. The Redmen were 4-5 and five last year, opened the season with two losses to two of the big Traverse City teams. They've got them coming up at the beginning of the year this year as well. As for who's coming back, they've got six returning starters on each side of the ball. Ethan Martish and Drew Gale make up two of the toughest Offensive players to guard, you could say. Running back, wide receiver, both were all conference in the GNC. They get back Brendan Kasky, the quarterback, starting for the second year now as a senior. In Marquette's four wins, they gave up a total of 28 points. But in some of their losses, the numbers got kind of big. They gave up 51, 43, and 35. So, consistency is something that coach Dave LaHillier is looking for this season. Dave, it's a little bit of an up and down season for you guys. Two tough games against Traverse City. Seems like you're up against that every year. What's it going to take this year to find a little bit more consistency? Uh, again, just being, you know, we talked before about doing the little things the right way, kind of going back and watching our film from last year. Um, just small little mistakes that kind of uh, build upon itself and, and, and cause a big mistake in a game. Uh, guys just not uh, you know being at the right gap at the right time or, or squeezing down enough in, in their spot. So um, just taking care of those little things and, and usually they add up to be, uh, to be big things in a game. So getting back to those first two games, Traverse City, the big schools, one go down, one up here every single year. How tough is it for you guys on a yearly basis to get off to a strong start considering how tough those opponents are? Um, you know what, I'd rather have it that way. I mean, you want to test yourself right away and, and see how you compare against uh, you know top teams in, in the state. And you know Both those teams have been in the playoffs for many years in a row, and it seems like St. Francis is either in the semifinals or finals every single year. So it really gives us a good test. And like, you know, Last year we lost to them 21-7. And again, go back and watching that film, we got stopped on a fourth and one, and we didn't stop them on a fourth and one, which were two big turning points of the game. And, uh, you know, again, you change those couple little things around, do some things and clean some things up a little bit, and, you know, the, the scores of those games can be different. So those are the things we're striving for is, again, being consistent on all those plays. Offensively, you guys have two of maybe the most dangerous playmakers, Ethan Martish, Drew Gale, now entering their senior seasons. How much of a luxury is that for you, and, and what kind of options do they give you? Yeah, again, they play off of each other well for the offense in terms of, you know, if you're going to try to double Ethan, you know, you're leaving uh, gaps open for, for Drew to be able to get through, and if you're going to put a, you know, a bunch of guys in the box to try to, to stop Drew, you're going to be leaving Ethan one-on-one some coverage. So it does create some nice advantages for us offensively. Um, but the biggest thing for us, uh, you know, having great playmakers is also we have to have a great offensive line, and that's where we're really, uh, you know, working on, on getting some of those guys better. We have three, you know, senior guys that are coming back that are three, three-year starters and uh, who are the leaders for our offensive line. So it's, they're going to be key to, uh, you know, a big part of our offense also. It's not just the, the two skill guys. Mm-hmm. Brendan Kasky also in his second year of starting a quarterback. What areas do you think he needed to improve on last year, and what, what do you expect to see out of him this year? The biggest thing for uh, for Brandon at the beginning of the year last year was just confidence in himself. You know, he was a first year starter um, as, as a junior. Um, you know, played a, did a nice job when he was when he was a sophomore, but it was his first year starting on the varsity. Um, and you can just see the improvement from him all the way out through the year. He got better and better every single game. He's a great young man. He works hard every single day in practice to get himself ready. And uh, you know, like I said, he really improved a lot throughout the last year, and then did a great job this summer of being a leader at all the workouts and and uh, doing a great job of understanding exactly what we want to do offensively. And uh, so far in camp, he's been really good. Have there been any surprises so far in camp, maybe young guys that you think maybe could ex- uh, step into some bigger roles? Yeah, we, they certainly have to. Like I said, you know, we've got six guys coming back on both sides of the ball. And, uh, again, some other kids are going to have to step up, and some of those kids are going to be the juniors. Uh, the juniors had a nice team last year. Uh, they won the conference and, and did a really nice job. Um, had a good record. 
And but again, it's it's a big step going from from JV to varsity. But again, those guys were here all summer. Did a great job at working on themselves and getting themselves better mentally and physically ready to play. And uh, you know they've they've shown off really well so far in camp. Seemed like last year the defense improved steadily over the season. It was one of the things you harped on a lot in our conversations. Who are a couple guys that think you think really need to be the leaders or the anchors of that unit? Well, again, like we said, we have uh, you know six guys coming back that really need to perform for us. Um, starting with our defensive line, we had Alex Canoe coming back as a, as a defensive end. Um, did a really good job for us last year, third-year starter. Uh, Josh Iwanek, he had a three-technique. Played all there last year and uh, played some there as a sophomore also. Bo Zorza is coming back as a starting inside linebacker for us. You know, again, he's a three-year starter. And Adam Jenschak at free safety is a three-year starter. So, you know, we've got some guys back in the middle. we got, you know, big uh, Alex back on the end, which is really going to help us. Um, so, again, we're going to be leaning on our seniors again to, uh, to lead us on the defensive side also. Looking at the conference as a whole, how do you think it stacks up in terms of difficulty? Who are the teams that could give you the most trouble? Well, our GNC conference has always been strong and always tough. Um, and again, coming back with you know Menominee, they made a great run the playoffs again last year. Escanaba made a great run the playoffs last year, and, and both those teams are returning a ton of key guys coming back. Um, Kingsford's always in the hunt every year. It seems like either they or Kings, they or Menominee, the ones knock each other off to see who's going to advance. And then uh, having Gladstone back in the conference again is nice. Um, it helps us in terms of trying to find games, obviously. And, um, you know, they're a well-coached team, good, strong team. That's always been a competitive team in our conference. And now that you've had some time to think about it with the changes to the West Pack, of course you lose the Nagani game. As you look back, how is it going to affect Marquette maybe now and then in the next couple of years? Well, they dropped us, so it doesn't really affect us at all. I mean, we just got to find an, another game. So um, that's the only effect of us is... Marquette, along with all the other GNC schools, with only five teams in our conference, is just a struggle for us. You know, I think Hope's got five uh, teams out of Wisconsin that Kingsford's playing. Menominee plays four Wisconsin teams plus one team from downstate. You know, we've got three teams from downstate plus Wisconsin team, so it's just a struggle for us to find games in the UP because there's nobody else that really is going to play any of us besides, you know, so we're, we're kind of locked of, of playing our conference games, and then we've got to find five more. What do you think about the overall health of football in the UP? How strong or, or what needs to change or how would you say it is right now? I think the numbers, like is it for us, our, our varsity numbers are really strong right now. You know, we had 39 guys come out for varsity. Our freshman numbers are fantastic. We got, you know, 40 freshman uh, football players out, which is a fantastic number. That's the highest we've had in many, many years. Um, you know, the hard part is with some of the smaller schools, of most of them have dropped freshman football, and now they just have two programs, a varsity team and then a JV freshman team. And that makes it a little bit tough on some of the freshman kids because they're going against sophomores and probably not getting as much playing time. So that does make it a little bit difficult in times of trying to maintain your numbers. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see a big difference in, in numbers in the UP. Uh, the hard part was just all the declining enrollment. You have a lot of these schools now, they're dropping to eight-man football. And, again, it's making it tougher for other teams to try to find games and schedule games. Before we let you go, Dave, we always talk about expectations. Have you set any with your team? What are you expecting this season? Uh, our biggest thing is just to get better every week. And, you know, right now all we're focused on is, is doing the little things the right way, work on the fundamentals, and, and trying to get ourselves ready to beat uh, a very good Trevor C. St. Francis team. Well, Dave, appreciate the time. Good yeah. luck this season. Thank you very much. Good seeing you. In our final segment coming up, we will talk with Nagani head coach Paul Jacobson. We'll be back with more of the Marquette County Football Kickoff Show presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union, your home mortgage professionals, right after this on ESPN-UP. Welcome back to the Marquette County Football Kickoff Show presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union, your home mortgage professionals. Once again, here's Blake Froling. Thanks again for joining us here. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. If you missed our first four coaches, you could just head to ESPNUP.com. We'll be rolling out all of the interviews, audio, and video. I went to each school, talked with them in person, got video of each. You can look at those on our Facebook, Twitter pages, as well as ESPNUP.com. Our final coach will be Paul Jacobson from Nagani. Believe it or not, it's his 19th year already at Nagani, 28th in football in general. Nagani was 4-5 and five last year. They've got nine returning starters, 33 players on the team right now. They were one of the youngest teams in the Big Pen last year after graduating a strong senior class from the 2016 season. 
Coach Jacobson said he had to play about six sophomores last year in big roles on the varsity, something that you don't really see that often, and he hopes that experience will translate this season. Jason Waterman is back at quarterback. He started as a sophomore. Again, something you just don't see that often in UP football. Drew Duchesne really burst onto the scene as a playmaker on offense, defense, special teams. He could do it all. Nagani does lose their top two rushers, so that's 737 rushing yards from last year they'll have to make up this season. Now that you're all caught up, let's get to head coach Paul Jacobson. It seemed like a little bit of a, a different year where you lost first couple games, went on a winning streak, lost the last two to the end of the season. As you look back, how would you describe what happened last year? Uh, a learning experience for the most part. You know, we were, we were relatively young. Uh, you know, we started, as we had talked earlier, 7-8. Uh, juniors, sophomores on both sides of the ball, and uh, there's a learning curve, you know, when you, especially when you're when you're counting on sophomores at at quarterback and center, um, you know, a couple key positions at receiver. It, it, there's a learning curve that has to uh, take place, and these guys are kind of thrown in the fire early on with with Boyne City and Kelly and Matt and Gladstone and uh, three real good opponents that I believe all made the playoffs last year. So, um, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> thrown in the fire, get it going, and um, you know. No, no experience needed. Just listen and be a sponge. So it was a learning experience last year for sure. So now this year you have nine returning starters. How different was this off season, and then now as you get into the beginning of the practice? Well, it's fun to watch. You know, especially with the sophomores and juniors last year that played key roles. Um, watching them develop. Uh, you know, we're taking them for where we left off last year, which is, which has been huge so far. There's two a days. Uh, you know, Jason Waterman's been fantastic for us. Uh, just kind of. Um, what he went through last year as a quarterback, and then the uh, the growth that he had, um, you know, and he had a tremendous off season. He's become more of a uh, a leadership role now as, as a junior. Was voted one of our team captains along with uh, Colin Ramalong um, and Peyton Anderson. So uh, it, it's been fun. It's been fun watching these uh, the young kids grow up and and assume greater roles this year as, as juniors. We're talking with Nagani head coach Paul Jacobson here on the preview show. You mentioned Jason. How is his development on the field? How much is that going to maybe rise the rest of the offense and help you get farther this year? Well, it's good. I think last year early on we, we kind of started throwing a little bit too much at him, and I had to re- go back and reevaluate what we wanted to do offensively and what we wanted to, to throw at him. Um, and then, again, in week four against our mountain, we were able to pull that back a little bit. But... Um, you know, seeing where he is now this year, um, you know so much more as a junior than most juniors would at, at his age. Uh, you know, we're able to bring more into the offense and more, uh, you know, with, with, with a Drew Duchesne, with an Erica Alamaki that played a role for us last year um, at tailback and fullback. And um, it, it's, been, it's been a good transition. Even our linemen, you know, we've been back five, five returning offensive linemen uh, that were juniors and seniors last year that, that, that had that chemistry rate that it takes a while usually to develop. How, how important is that line continuity? It seems like it gets maybe overlooked by the general public, but having all five back, how, how much easier does that make things for you? Oh, it's huge. It's huge because, you know, it, it, it's, it's always a, one of the biggest words we've used this year is fluid in two-a-days. Um, you never, you know, defenses are, are fluid, which means they're never really the same each play, you know, uh, especially in the conference that we play in. Uh, there are always, there's always going to be twists and turns and, and, and different adjustments. When you have a group that comes back that has that experience of playing together and they've been playing together for a full season, they see those twists and changes and, and, and can almost not necessarily read each other's minds but know what to do in that situation without even saying it. Now another player that burst onto the scene last year was Drew Duchesne, basically took the conference by storm. Is the cat out of the bag with him or does he still have more room to grow? He does have more room to grow. You know, and we've really tried to get a little more technical with him, uh, running better routes. Uh, we know he's fast. We get that. Uh, but now he has to really look into himself and, and do the little things better that uh, last year he was able to get away with a little bit. What are some of those things that he really got away with? Just uh, more crisp on his routes. Yeah, um, that was the biggest thing is, is, you know, when you're running a certain route, it's it's this and make your make your cut not being able to round things and, and, and just be a better complete receiver, I think, than just a, return specialist or a big play type of back. And defensively, it was kind of a, a tale of two seasons, too, where you played some of those tougher teams early, gave up some big scores, and then your four wins, you gave up 28 combined points. 
what can you do, what can this team do to get a little more consistency on that side? Well, experience, you know, again, uh, you know, Jake Ennett and Jake Hill were two of the mainstays for us. Uh, Luke Matson has saw some time at linebacker, but when you bring back, um, you know, eight, nine guys that, that have played together, that know our defense, know what we want to accomplish, um, it's easier. Uh, you know, you can, you can take them from where they're at and, and even go further, and that's what we're trying to do so far in, in, in two-a-days is, is, is kind of hone in on, on the skills to, and, and be a little more particular on the little things that, uh, that we need to be good at. Who are a couple names maybe that we didn't hear as much last year that you think maybe could have some impact this year? Well, Eric Atlamacki is a sophomore, played outside backer for us, and was pretty, pretty a, a key role for us in our defense. Uh, between him, uh, Leo Helpy, Theo Kumpala, and Peyton Anderson, you know, four linebackers, they're going to play a key role. Uh, you know, they played a majority of the season at these positions last year, uh, and we're going to lean heavily on them. You know, they... Uh, uh, they know what it's like to know the, the tough teams we're going to face this year. So they've really, uh, I think, going to step up their game and, and the defense as a whole around them has responded. Have you set up any expectations for your team this year? You always do. You know, you, you always set up goals. You know where you need to be. You know where you want to go. Um, and, in, in, and in that, you, you need to know what you need to work on in the short-term goals also. And, um, you know, this team, you know, wasn't happy being 4-5 and five last year. Uh, you can sense a sense of urgency this year, especially coming up with um, three games off the cuff with, uh, um, with Iron Mountain and Calumet and, and Hancock, you know, three playoff teams from last year. So there, there's a diff, diff, different height and sense of emergency this year in, and, uh, in what we do every day. How do things change with Nagani football now that everybody's moved to the Westpac now? You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, yeah, you lose the Marquette, which, which uh, you know, is one of the oldest rivalries in the state. Uh, but in the same sense, you know, you, you, it's a, it's like Christmas all over again. You get to play some new teams that you haven't seen before, and that's always a new challenge. You don't know what you get. You know, you get a, get a Houghton, you get a Hancock, you get a Lance, and a Gogebic that that we didn't see. Um, and things change, you know, and, and times change, and, and, and I, I get that. I understand that. And, um, but it, it is different. You know, it's 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 the unexpected. It's playing someone that that you're not really familiar with, and. Um, yeah, it's a different challenge. So it is different, and neither, whether it's good or bad or whatever, but it's, it's different. Was this the move that you would have made if, if they asked you what, what you wanted? <laughs> Almost a loaded question sometimes, you know. Uh, as an old coach, I'm kinda, I've kind of set my ways too. You know, I played against Marquette when I was in high school, and, um, but I, I, support, I support the decision the administrative made, um, and, and it is what it is, and, and we'll move on. Who are some of the new teams on the schedule that you think could pose the biggest threat to win the Westpac or just to you guys in general? Well, you know, our, our schedule, you know, we, we played Calumet already. Um, we played Ishmael already. We played Westwood already. And, uh, you know, we play Iron Mountain already. So these are teams we're real familiar with that, that are, are going to be in, in the race. You know, those are four teams that, that should make the playoffs right there. And then you throw a Hancock in who, who lost to Menominee last year in the playoffs. And, and Houghton, who, you know, a couple years ago was in the playoffs and played Menominee. Uh, and Lance, I know, has you know has been been consistent. So, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. You know, it's it's easy to sit here back and, and predict what's going to go on, um, and things change. That's why you got to play the games on Friday night and, and and be ready to play each week. Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining me. All right, thank you. Well, there you have it. Want to give a big thanks to Scott Sergula, Dave LaHillier, Jeff Olson, Paul Jacobson, and Dion Brown for letting me visit with them, talk about their team, their players, and who they have coming back, what to expect. If you really listen closely, you heard a lot of optimism. There are no coaches at this point that say, eh, we're just not that good. All of them think they have a legitimate shot to win their conference, and in most of these cases, they really do. So here's what we have for our opening slate of games. Friday, August 24th, Ishpeming will start the season on the road against Manistique. Westwood will also be away at Houghton, but that game will be at Michigan Tech. As for Nagani, they will be hosting Iron Mountain, while Gwynn will be on the road against Bark River Harris, and Marquette gets the home game against Traverse City St. Francis. It's time to wrap things up here on our kickoff show. Hope you had fun listening. Again, if you missed any of the coaches, just head to our website, ESPNUP.com. It has been a pleasure hosting this show. Also want to thank UP Catholic Credit Union, your home mortgage professionals, for sponsoring the show. And most importantly, football is back.